0: Beginning Odd Dad Out Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, the busy as all get out, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. And this is the show where I ramble and rant and forget all the parts of this intro and do them out of order, but I don't care, because you can find me at ondeadpodcast.com and at auddead on all the social media places. If you don't know which ones, just plug my name in and you'll find me. Woo! And this is where I ramble and rant and I tell you about shit going on and dog gardens and news bullshit and and all this stuff. And I did everything out of order. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to redo it. <laughs> one take. This is the first time. I'm just going to say this. This is probably the first time I can remember in the better part of three years or ever. I honestly cannot remember at any point where I've done the intro in one take. Whether or not I monumentally fucked it up just now or not. I always go back and restarted multiple times. It usually takes me five, six times to get through the intro, something like that. And I just, yeah, I, I just go back and I retool it. I'll either cough or sneeze or fumble through shit like I did. And like, no, this is a mess. I can't, I can't put it out like this. This sounds awful. And then, no, nah, fuck it. I just, I got all the bits in there. <laughs> I said everything I needed to say. I just said them all out of order. But does it really matter? Do you care that I said all of the bits and pieces of the intro out of order? I said them all. I'm pretty sure you'd rather I didn't say all the bullshit because you, you know all that already. You know where to find me. And you know that I just talk bullshit for the however long I'm going to talk. And I don't know why I'm talking with this particular accent, but I am. So there's that. And I'm out of coffee. So just so you know, I'm out of coffee. And, and so things could go sideways pretty quick tonight. I don't know. But anyway, how are you doing? Uh, I know, two and a half minutes of me bullshitting. And then how are you doing? Uh, so is anybody else just like completely missing that the year's almost over? Because the year's almost over. Holy shit. We're, it's what, mid November now? What the fuck? Does anybody else still feel like it's late 2019? Maybe wishing it was still 2019 and we didn't have all this whole panorama, whatever, going on out there. Yeah. It, it, it really just, maybe it just goes back to time and time being relative and, as you get older time doesn't really necessarily pass or you don't really think about time the same way you do as when you're a kid and you're in school and summer vacation matters. But it's, it's really crazy to think that it is already November of 2021. Where the fuck did the last two years go? Really? <laughs> it is just like the year is almost over again. What the fuck, <laughs> but uh, this uh, this is not a show about time because believe it or not, I planned the show today. Holy oh, shit! I know it's kind of hard to believe, but I honestly was just having a hard time trying to figure out what to talk about. And because I'm so late and I basically missed the show last week, I didn't want to fumble through shit like I've been doing for the last four minutes. But anyway... Recently, and by recently, I mean like within the last weekend, I guess we, and by we, I mostly mean my wife realized that we haven't really done any serious deep cleaning of this house since we moved in what's almost, we're a month off of two years. We've been here as we moved into this house in December of 2019. We haven't really done any big, deep cleaning, like, you know, no, no obvious spring cleaning or any of that. No, we we haven't done any of that. And, you know, we've got the holidays coming up. And oddly enough, we actually are thinking maybe this year we might have company over for the holidays. But the house looks like a family of six with four boys lives in it. And my wife, being very Southern in this regard, will not allow people to visit this house and will not allow outsiders in, even when they're family, into the house without it looking fully presentable. So we have started the rather extensive chore of fully deep cleaning and reorganizing of Every single room in the house. And by every room, I mean every room. All the way down from the office and reorganizing. Like, not just cleaning, but actually reorganizing. But every room. The office, the bedrooms, the kitchen, the living room, the, the boys study. Going through all the toys and the clothes and the closets and the pantry and everything. And just going through everything and reorganizing every room one room at a time <laughs> now to be fair we have until basically until christmas to get this done that is our time frame because for reasons i'll hopefully remember to get to later i won't be home we won't be doing thanksgiving on thanksgiving day we're not doing traditional thanksgiving stuff for reasons again i hope i'll remember to get to later but yeah, we basically laid it out because it's one of those things where when you think, oh man, we need to clean everything. We need to clean the whole house. When you say it like that, it seems like a bitch and a half. And it is. It's a We have a big ass house. We do. We worked very hard to have a, a substantially sized house. And it is a rather daunting task. To do even the most basic cleaning, we have a vacuum robot because it takes fucking forever just to sweep the floors. I got a push broom so we could sweep the floors because it just takes so damn long. But now we're going to do everything. And again, when you say it like that, it sounds intimidating. And so I just told her, you know what, let's just take it one room at a time every given day, any day we're cleaning, which we're basically having to do this all through weekends because we've still got regular stuff. We got dishes and laundry and regular household upkeep to do just the normal stuff on top of all of this. So regular cleaning every day during the week for the most part, and then on weekends, Saturday, Sunday, We will be tackling one room at a time, all hands on deck. Here's the room scheduled. We're knocking this out. Starting with the office this last weekend. And holy crap. The office is clean and organized for the most part. Because, of course, my drawers that had my stuff and have a lot of my um, files and business papers and podcast stickers and envelopes and things like that that i've collected are still in a pretty messy state in my particular drawers or the file cabinets so i've got to get all that stuff straightened out and my recording booth closet is currently very full of a lot of stuff that needs to get reorganized but that's pretty much a on me job to Pull everything out of there and organize it and get it rearranged and there neatly to a point where maybe someday I'll get to actually use my booth again and not have to rely on my portable booth that's in my bedroom closet. But that's a, a an issue for a future time. Right now, I still gotta get this closet cleaned out. At the same time, in the same weekend, and I could say the weekend, but it actually took two days alone. I had to clean the kitchen and by cleaning the kitchen, this meant basically spending the better part of a full day, reorganizing and cleaning out our pantry, which meant going shelf by shelf by shelf and taking everything off, all of the food, all of the cookbooks and storage things and everything, all the boxes of cereal, everything, every single can and box and container and tube of, uh, cookie icing off of every shelf, one, at, one shelf at a time for the most part, cause oh, that'd just be a nightmare otherwise. But one go through shelf by shelf, clean all the shelves, dust everything down, uh, you know, wipe down the walls, do all this stuff. and goes through and find any expired food, which let's face it, you probably have way more expired food in your pantry and in your cabinets than you want to think about. But go through, pulled out all the expired stuff, throw that all away, make space, reorganized the entire pantry so that we're making the best use of our space. And part of that was also getting any appliances, small appliance stuff, off of the counters because things like the air fryer and instant pot and things like that had kind of taken up permanent residence on the counters and they weren't supposed to. They're supposed to be put away. We have the cabinet space. We have the counter space in the shelf space in the pantry. They were all supposed to live in there and not come out and not take up counter space unless we used them. Supposed to be, you know, use it, Wash it, put it away. That's supposed to be what happened. Instead, the air fryer basically has been living on the counter since we got it. And I think we got it like last Christmas. So stuff like that. Get all that stuff. Took me the better part of a day just to do that because we've got a pretty big pantry. We had a lot of stuff and the boys weren't being particularly helpful for a lot of it. (laughs) It's supposed to, again, all of this is supposed to be all hands on deck, but this is mostly a me thing. The kitchen is my space after all. So I'm the one who has to reorganize the pantry. I have to make sure that all of the things that are getting moved and rearranged that I know where everything is and things make sense where they're going. So it was a lot of that stuff, a lot of rearranging and and tinkering and moving things across shelves. And there's still some stuff I've got to do because we still have some bulk rice and beans that we'd had. Like we bought the big like 25, 50 pounds. I forget how much they were bags of white rice and pinto beans and we've just been working off those but they're just the bags and so i would like to get some big tote things um i'm actually kind of leaning on maybe getting some uh livestock feed barrels or (laughs) dog food barrel things with the scoop or something for this just because i think it'd be a good device for storing beans and rice I also have like a 25 pound bag of flour but that's much easier to manage I actually I probably use more flour than I do of the beans and rice which I probably need to fix because I've just got so damn much of it but other than that I got all this stuff organized and then I had to pull out the refrigerator and mop and sweep and dust and everything not necessarily in that particular order, but clean up behind the refrigerator. You know, there was a lot of spilled stuff that had just kind of built up right along that front edge of the refrigerator. So it was, you know, pull everything out, sweep it, vacuum it, dust everything, all that stuff, mop up all the, whatever spills and crap that built up along the sides, doing all that stuff, you know, going through with my big heavy steamer, and steam cleaning all the cabinets and the stove and the microwave and everything. And you know the counters, the backsplash, doing all that. Just getting the whole kitchen just clean top to bottom. And it basically took two days. In part because not a lot of help with the pantry thing, which was a huge undertaking. And then stuff like steam cleaning everything is kind of a me job. It's kind of a me job taking my steamer and just spending a lot of time doing it and, you know, going into the detail and getting all the little cracks and steaming out the grout lines and all, all going across every surface, you know, it, it's a lot of work to do, but it's one of those things. It's why I have the big, you know, heavy duty steamer that I have because it allows me to go in and jet steam all of these things and clean all of these things. And it works really well. And, you Once you, if you've ever had to use, I wouldn't say have to, if you've ever used a steam cleaner, like a shark steamer or something like that, where like, you you know, the, any of those home cleaning steamer devices, once you start cleaning, the results make you want to keep going. Like you can't just, Oh, I'm going to wipe this off because then the next thing looks dirty. And so you just keep going and you keep going and you keep going, especially when you have white cabinets that have any amount of dirt buildup or grease on them. I have white cabinets. And so the stuff that's the cabinets that are directly above the stove or next to the stove tend to get greasy on them just because it's kind of grease vapor. And so having a steamer is very helpful for getting all that off. You can really melt all that grease off and get it really clean, which I appreciate. Not because I want the kitchen to be particularly clean, but if I'm going to clean it, I want it to be easy to clean. <laughs> so a jet steamer is very helpful. But yeah, that it's just been, this particular job has been pretty hefty. But I've still got things to do during my week, like wash the cars. Again, uh, we're, we've got stuff coming up. We need the cars cleaned out. We never really vacuumed out the van after our last camping trip. So there's dog hair everywhere, you know, things. I don't use the van much, but still, it it never really got cleaned. We never took it to the car wash afterwards. So there's, you know, probably still, I don't know, there could be a damn raccoon living under one of those benches for all I know. But need to clean out the cars. Both cars need oil changes. Got to go get the registration, the new tags for the year, stuff like that. You know, I've got to do all that stuff. Things like, I've got to clean, you know, it's not necessarily part of the kitchen cleaning, but it's something that has to get done. And I'm the one who has to do it. I've got to take out our uh, benches and our uh, counter bar stools. I was like we're trying to find the word, the bar stools that we have at our counter, take them out to the yard and clean those, which I actually discovered because we have the matching set of the bar stools and the kitchen table and chairs. And the last time I cleaned the chairs, I actually used my pressure washer, which worked way better than I thought it would. (laughs) I basically pressure washed all of the furniture, all of the chairs, and then used my carpet extractor to suck all the water out of them. So they got just blasted hardcore. And then I vacuumed all of the whatever water was left. They're rinsed really clean. They came out really nice and I saw really good results. So I think I'm going to do something like that again this time. And I recently actually got the... I probably won't... Win. I'm probably not, not going to use this for it. But I just got the Oxy the like Simple Green... I think it's Simple Green? Um, pressure washer solution with Oxy. So it's got the the bubbles and everything and it's biodegradable and it's a little better. And so I also have to clean... All of the windows, you know, all outside the windows, clean the patio. I have to pressure wash the driveway because I do have a slight oil leak in my van. And so there's an oil spot on the the driveway that I really don't like being there. So I need to do that and just clean off the house and all this sort of stuff. And I can use it to wash the cars if I really want to. But I got to do all this stuff. And this is all stuff I have to do outside of doing the kitchen, doing the office, cleaning our bedroom, putting our clothes away, organizing our closet because our closet is just a mess because there's so much stuff that gets stored in there, like the luggage, you know, things like that. All of our suitcases are in there. And when we use them, we've got like one of those sets where all the pieces kind of fit together into the big one. But we haven't put them all back together the, since the last time. So they're kind of all scattered in the closet right now. You know, we got laundry baskets because we'll wash laundry and keep pulling clean laundry out of baskets until we've used that all up and then go wash it again and put it in the basket and never actually put them away in our drawers. So we got to do that. We've got to clean our room, get, you know, vacuum outs, clean out the junk that's collected under the beds because for whatever reason, the boys take all of their crap into our room and get it under our beds. The boys' rooms, sorting their clothes. That's probably going to be the, one of the biggest tasks since the refrigerator. Doing the boys' rooms and sorting their clothes and getting rid of all the old clothes they've outgrown but have somehow managed to keep in rotation in the laundry. Stuff that, for whatever reason, I know you haven't worn these pants in two years because they are no longer your size and you haven't been able to wear them Why have I washed them three times this month? (laughs) That sort of stuff, which I'm every, every time I do laundry, there's always something very obvious that I can look at and like, you didn't wear this. This is perfectly clean. Why am I washing this again? No, I know you didn't wear it because it doesn't fit you anymore. You're, these are toddler pants, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. And so we need to go through all that stuff. We got to go through their laundry. We got to go through their toys, sort out the broken toys, go through all of their books and sort out all the broken, ripped books that are drawn in or the ones that they've aged out of. Like we don't need the very hungry caterpillar books, things like that anymore. And a lot of those have just gotten ripped up or the dogs have gotten to them or what or just left on the floor and neglected or whatever. So we've got a ton of books to sort through. We've got a ton of toys, clothes. All this stuff we got to go through for the boys and their their bedrooms and the study and all that stuff. But it really is just a take it one day at a time and have there's going to be a day where I'm going to be going through and we're going to be taking magic erasers to all of the baseboards and making sure the laundry room is cleaned up and nice and probably mop that floor, too, which is where that room almost never gets mopped. I sweep it regularly because I have to because that's where the litter box is. But it doesn't necessarily get cleaned out thoroughly. we have got to have a day where, and it's again, it's kind of a me thing because it's something I do with my steam cleaner, but go through the bathrooms and steam through the bathrooms and clean the tubs. You know, take the steam cleaner around the edge of the toilets, around the base and in the back and steam all of that stuff. It's a job nobody wants to do. <laughs> nobody wants to steam clean the base of the toilet. But it's something I do. You know, I also take my steamer to the windows because steam cleaning windows is just effective. It just melts everything up. So it's just one of those things where it's going to be a part getting the boys to straighten up their bathrooms and part me spending hours meticulously steam cleaning all of the bathrooms. And so it's just one of those things. Again, one day at a time, take the room, take a room. Or in like the case of the bathrooms, like a collection of rooms and tackle it all hands on deck and just tackle it every weekend. But in the meantime, we've got a birthday this weekend. We've got Christmas. We've got Thanksgiving. There's stuff coming up. And for in the case of Thanksgiving, I'm not actually going to be home because and I'm glad I finally got back around to it. I mentioned my father-in-law passed away not too long ago. That being said, we inherited many things from him and among those things is his truck. And so we are, I say we, I over the Thanksgiving holiday am going to be flying back to the family home to collect not only that truck but also a apparently a trailer full of various things that now belong to me and my wife and to each of the boys and a lot of crap that they had been telling my wife to collect like every year my wife has a trunk or two of her stuff that was still out at their house that every time we go out there, they would tell us to bring back home with us. Like, Oh, you're going to take your box of junk. And so I know I at least have to get this box. There's, but there's a number of things. There's drums, there's guitars, there's uh garden equipment, things like that, that I've got to bring back. So I, I have the nervous, I'm going to say, task ahead of me of retrieving this truck and all of these items and bringing them home safely on my own. (laughs) But I mean, I'm excited. I'm nervous though, but I'm, but I'm excited because I guess I'm nervous because I'm driving across three states by myself and my goal is to do the entire drive in a day. I've talked about this drive multiple times every time we go on vacation, but I've never had to do it completely by myself. So this time I'm doing it completely by myself in a truck I've only ever ridden in once hauling a trailer. So it's, it's, it's a very different experience, but my goal is to do it in a single day, which is possible it, the trip ranges, you know, between fourteen and sixteen hours. So if I leave early enough in the morning, my goal is to be home, like ten p.m. <laughs> so that is my target. That is what I'm I'm aiming to do in this trip. I'm, I'm, but that's days away from cleaning while I'm gone. Yeah, I mean they're gonna get some stuff done, but there's big stuff like steam cleaning and large furniture stuff. That's another thing we're gonna do. We're gonna. I've mentioned forever ago when we first moved into this house that we got one of those love sack couches. That's those sectional sofas that you just kind of click in bases and wall pieces and backs and pillows and and build and customize your couch. And every piece has removable covers. Well, we haven't moved the couch and taken it apart because with six seats, this thing weighs upwards of 700 pounds don't move easy, but the individual pieces do. So we are also going to be taking all of the covers off of all of the cushions and the pillows and even the bases because they've gotten stuff spilled on them or kicked or whatever ice cream cones dropped and take all the covers off of all of the pieces from our couch, disassemble the couch, Wash all of the, the covers, disassemble everything, clean out behind the couch, mop under there, everything. Because it's something that just hasn't gotten done. Well, much like the refrigerator in the pantry, it's something that needs to be done, but is very difficult to do without committing a large amount of time. And I've already figured out it's going to take us two days. Laundry time, two days of washing pads and cushion covers and the covers from the base. And I'll basically have an entire day of just washing pillow cases and cushion cases and another whole day of washing the bases and taking it apart and cleaning behind the pieces and putting the whole thing back together. But it'll be worth it because honestly, I'm sure we've been missing the, back to the remote control for the living room TV for nine months, give or take. I don't think I've seen that remote at any point this year, actually. So I'd like to find it, and I'm pretty sure it's back there somewhere. But in order to find it, I have to take the couch apart because it is too damn heavy to just pull the thing forward and see if it's back there. I've got to take pieces apart. I've got to take backs and sides and cushions and bases apart and move all of this stuff to see what's under it. So that's another big part of this whole thing. But yeah, spring cleaning, flying out to Texas, driving back. It's a lot. So (laughs) all that. And I've still got to take care of the garden. Don't you just love that transition? So let's take a break from all that and take a stroll through the garden. That is actually the sound of the birds in my backyard. I realize they're not the prettiest, most Disney princess sing songy sounding birds. And I live in the suburbs, so there's still traffic noises around, but that is the honest, real sound of some of the birds in my backyard. I, I was tired of not having a sound for garden stuff. So that's what I got. Maybe I'll do something else, but bird noise. (laughs) So, I actually have, I had to write all this down because I've got so much going on. I haven't really been doing a lot of garden updates. So I wanted to kind of run through everything because we plant a fall garden. I talked about this last fall when we did this the first time, but probably one of the best things, and I've said this a few times recently and definitely in the past, one of the best things about growing anything in Arizona and especially having a vegetable garden There is really no off season for gardening in Arizona. You may not be able to plant a lot of flowers through the winter, but you can grow a full vegetable garden through the winter months and get a great result because the kind of weather that most people avoid for winter and what they say, oh, you can't grow over the winter and frost and all this stuff we don't get. We just really don't, especially if you're here in the Valley in Phoenix, it just doesn't get that cold. We might get some, some like deep freezes. We do, but like we'll get it in the sub twenties for a day of maybe a week, but it doesn't get cold enough for long enough to kill your entire garden generally. And so like last year we grew a ton of cucumbers All through the winter, our whole winter, we had cucumbers coming every day and we had tomatoes. Our tomatoes were thriving in the winter. When normal gardening convention is you plant these things in the spring, you pick them in the summer. Our summers are hot enough to kill most vegetation if you don't put heavy shade and lots of extra water. I've mentioned before, I have to water my garden four times a day just to combat the heat during the summer. And I sometimes fail. But in the winter, I actually probably need to dial it back a little bit right now. But in the winter, everything does great. It doesn't get burned during the day. It gets plenty of sun. My roses are actually doing great. I just planted roses. Just I don't have anything blooming right now. But I've got my green beans right now. I'm doing so much. I've been picking green beans every couple of days for the last couple of weeks. Now I've got little, about maybe get like two thirds of a pound of fresh green beans in my kitchen right now in my refrigerator. I've probably got another half pounds worth of green beans out on the bushes right now that I need to pick in the next day or two. My lettuce is doing amazing. I've had to pick I, the other day, just probably day two days ago. I had to go and clip and pull out two or three little heads, full heads of romaine because they were just crowding. I had so much. It's getting so out of hand. And I really, I need to stay on top of that because last winter when I did lettuce, it got, we had so much because I buy the seed starters. So it's like little itty bitty, like three inch tall thing of lettuce. I plant those, let them go. And they sprout up. And next thing you know, I've got a foot tall thing of romaine and it's just going to town and then it starts bolting and making flowers and then they start tasting like crap. So I've got to get to it and I've got to use it before it gets too overgrown. So my lettuce is doing great. My carrots and my celery are looking amazing. Both of them are kind of long haul things. You, I'm not going to be picking those until February ish. I think the the growth period on celery, I think it says 140 days. So I'm probably not going to be picking my celery until mid-February. The carrots can go for that long. They pretty much sit in the ground all winter. I will say last year I got really impatient because I started seeing little carrots coming up and I, could, I started picking them one at a time and they were delicious. They were super sweet. I love the way my carrots turned out last year. But I want to be a little more patient. I want to let them stay in the ground a little longer to get bigger carrots this year. Um, The cucumbers. And this is my my disappointment this year. My cucumbers. Because I don't have any bees around right now. I've had a dozen or more cucumber buds pop up in the last week. When it really started sprouting in this last week. Tons of flowers. But They only stay open for a day. And if they don't get pollinated in that day, the little cucumber buds that are supposed to be the new fruit shrivel up and die. And so it has to get pollinated in that time. And I don't have a lot of bees right now because I don't have any other flowers going right now. So the one cucumber I've got out there that's actually growing is one. It was the very first flower. It was the very first cucumber bud. And I have a little paintbrush in my tool belt because I'm a nerd and I have a garden tool belt that (laughs) I've got a little brush that I will go in and I will grab the pollen out of the male flowers and go and manually pollinate the female flowers. But I can't always get to them in time before they've shriveled up because they don't, you know, they, they open up early in the morning and if some, Some bugs get to them like ants or flies or whatever that aren't going to necessarily pollinate them properly. I'm kind of stuck. And so I have not been the most successful with manually pollinating. It's really something I need to have bees or moths or something that's going to do the job properly for me. So I'm thinking about going, I'm probably going to in the next day or two, maybe by the time you hear this, I will have gone and bought flowers to draw some more bees to my yard but that is my goal more flowers to get more cucumbers because in the past the cucumbers have been like weeds and I'll be picking three four five every day or two right now that's what my green beans are doing but I really want to get my cucumbers going because I have guys at work who will take them there's a guy at work that started not too long ago who said he loves cucumbers he could eat them all day I'm like man I go through so so many cucumbers i grow so many cucumbers at a time that I can't pickle them fast enough and eat them fast enough I had to buy all like full-blown pickling equipment this year because I'm going to have to do full-blown like long storage pickling for my cucumbers if they produce anything like they have in the past but in order to do that I need to get some bees so I got to get the flowers in speaking of the cucumbers and the pickles We've also been growing dill and some other herbs, which I've grown from seed. I've never grown herbs from seed before this year. I did it just to try it. I had dill seed. I had basil. I had oregano. I planted some marigolds, but nothing ever took, which is really weird because marigolds are supposed to be this like bulletproof flower that are supposed to apparently marigolds grow better if you treat them like shit and grow them in shitty soil. Unfortunately, I don't have shitty soil for them to grow in. I have a really well-managed garden bed that my herbs are in, and I put marigolds in there too, and I just didn't want to grow. Fuck you, marigolds. I probably just need to go grab some that are already growing and, and transplant them, but whatever. But in the meantime, my basil, huge. My dill, huge. So, we are going to be able to have fresh dill from the garden to use in our pickles whenever the hell the cucumbers get up and start growing. (laughs) As soon as the cucumbers are really going, I can start pickling and using dill from our garden that I grew from seed, which I'm super excited about. Just the fact that I grew it from seed and not a transplant or anything. And I actually have a small little patch of oregano that it took a long time to get started, but actually is taking off and I've got some oregano. I'm just excited. Not necessarily because I'm growing oregano, but because all these herbs that I had no expectation of doing anything, I thought they were all just going to shrivel up and die because, again, I'm growing them in the fall and winter, colder times. I thought they were all just going to die. Nope, they're doing fine. Taking off like fucking weeds. But speaking of taking off like weeds or more like grass, our popcorn because in the fall we grow popcorn that takes in, almost until the summer to harvest but we grow popcorn and this year the plan was to grow enough to sell last year we grew it cuz we thought it would be cool to try like so many things we did last year we planted them to just see if we could and we planted glass gem popcorn and we had a pretty good result we I don't remember how many plants we actually planted, but I remember in the end, we total harvest, total growth was about 30 years, I believe. And, you know, some of them were under pollinated and not as pretty, whatever. We stripped them down. I made cornmeal out of them. It is a very blue gray cornmeal with the combination of all the colors. You know, when you're taking a bunch of, corn that is blue and green and pink and yellow and every different shade there are a lot of shade like some of the blues and grays that are in there it's almost like a denim color for some of those blues it's really pretty but when you combine all of those up and grind them into cornmeal it gets kind of blue gray but i ground all that up because i got my little hand mill and made cornmeal out of all of that I've, i've still got some i've still got a Bag of blue cornmeal in my pantry right now from what we grew last year. But this year, I planted about a dozen ears of corn and they all sprouted. But the wind kind of, we had a pretty rough windstorm at the beginning of the growing season. And four or five of them just did not make it. They just got thrashed and didn't recover. But I've still got, it was like seven or eight plants that came up. And I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating. I did not know that corn splits. You plant one corn. And again, it's, it corn is grass. And when you remember corn is grass and you think about the way grass grows, it makes sense. But you don't think about corn being grass, but corn is grass. And when you plant it, one starts coming up and then as it starts maturing, more shoots start coming up. And so one corn stalk that you planted that you thought, oh yeah, I've got one little corn here, that one takes off and then it may break off into four or five more stalks. And in the case of the glass gem corn that we grow, we know that you get pretty consistently three ears of corn per stalk that gets to full height. So, as it is with eight stalks that we planted and like eight kernels that we planted that were left that could get us anywhere from 24 to 40 stocks in the end. And those forty twenty-four 24 to 40 stocks that grow could get us anywhere from 70 to 120 Ears of corn and if we get them all pollinated very well that's a lot of corn that's a lot of ears of corn that if you ever look at the price buying glass gem corn it's an ornamental people buy them as decoration stuff can get expensive stuff can get very valuable so we actually were growing them this year with the intention of selling them if we get a good result And it'd be really nice to be able to do that and just have some extra money. Hey, we, we sell corn. We're a corn farmer. (laughs) Now, like in in the springtime, we grow sweet corn and just eat it. And we burned through that stuff so fast, man. I, I couldn't even tell you. We, we burned through sweet corn like crazy, but this stuff takes a longer time, but it's growing and I'm really excited. I've got about a half a dozen ears that I can see right now. They're all really small still. Everything's still really small. Um, I've still I got about a half a dozen ears up. I've got a, about a half a dozen the with the silks and the tassels at the top to pollinate everything. So in the coming weeks, I will be kind of really staying on the corn and making sure that all gets pollinated really well and looks really good. And, you know, while that's all going on, I'm still watching my potatoes, which I'm super excited for because this is the first time. We are growing potatoes with the intention of of actually eating them and actually growing them. Last year, I grew potatoes just as a what the hell. I had some extra potatoes left over from Thanksgiving and it was probably late December and I just stuck them in the garden. And I think that was actually one of my first YouTube videos in the garden was me turning over a bed that I'd stuck some potato in. And I forgot the potatoes were there and I dug them up and I was turning the bed and it turns out they were growing and I'd actually discovered my, my potatoes and they took off. And I had a couple potato plants that actually grew and I had some little potatoes and they were small because where they were sitting, they were not intended to actually grow. I didn't think anything was going to happen. And so I basically had to kill them off early and harvest all of them. And I had like, Out of one little potato, I grew, I think we had nine or ten little itty-bitty potatoes, but it was more of a proof of concept, proof that I could grow potatoes in those beds. And so this year, right next to the corn, I have a section that is for potatoes. I planted seven seed potatoes, six of them sprouted. That's fine. Plenty of potatoes. If I get half of the result that I got last year where I planted one potato and got 10, like 9 or 10, even if we only get 5 or 6 little potatoes off of each potato, that's a couple of pounds of potatoes. I literally planted 7 potatoes. And I don't mean like big ones. They're like the little itty-bitty, like half a golf ball size. They're the little, you know, not even fingerling potatoes. I get the little itty-bitty ones because I chop them up for my roasted potatoes. They're little itty-bitty things. I don't even know exactly what variety they are. I know they're yellow but I don't, I don't think they're Yukons, but that's not important. I planted seven of them. Six of them are growing and they're doing great. And in another month or two, I might have the ability to go and harvest some potatoes or I'll actually let them grow to full size. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the potatoes, but I've got potatoes and I'm excited for them. Sorry, I really just didn't know how I was going to get out of the gardens. So here we are. It's time for the news. Man drowns and is eaten by piranhas while fleeing bees. A fisherman in Brazil drowned after jumping in a lake to escape a swarm of bees. Unfortunately for the man, not that running from bees and drowning wasn't already bad enough. The lake was infested with piranhas and his body was found to be heavily disfigured after being feasted on by piranhas, the local authorities, after recovering his body, were not sure if the piranhas got to him before or after he died. But that sucks. Seriously. Like, it's bad enough that, okay, one, you're a fisherman and you can't swim and drown. But I guess his whole, everybody that was like, it was a bunch of guys together, they were running from some bees and they jumped in the water to escape the bees like you do. Cause that's what cartoons tell you. And he didn't come out and that sucks, but it sucks more that he got eaten by piranhas afterwards. And for the sake of knowing about piranhas and knowing that under normal circumstances, piranhas are chicken shit. They're like, and if you ever knew that, if you don't know that they're actually not crazy, violent, super murderers, they're complete chickens and they're scavengers. They only attack and kill things that are injured. So if you're all healthy and strong and everything, you can stick your hand in a tank full of piranhas and they'll run away from you. True story. But yeah, that just sucks. Just the the unluckiness of this guy to, one, be chased by bees, two, jump into water and drown, and three, end up getting eaten by piranhas tough break dude not sure why I threw another boom in there but Arby's to release a special limited edition french fry vodka Arby's restaurants will be launching a pair of 80 proof flavored vodkas inspired by their signature curly fries and crinkle cut fries personally I don't think the crinkle cut fries are really they're just crinkle cut fries guys you've only had them for like a year or something Anyway, the vodkas will only be available for in limited supply in certain states in the U.S. on November 18th and 22nd of 2021. I'm just throwing the year in there in case you're listening to this in the future and thinking you're going to be able to get some curly fry vodka because it's mid-November whenever you're listening to this. But let's look more into this because what, what makes curly fry vodka? Let's look it up. The curly fry vodka is distilled with cayenne, paprika, onion, and garlic. And the crinkle-cut fry vodka... I don't know why I always say crinkle-cut, but said the crinkle fry vodka is a subtle tribute to its namesake. As if the curly fry vodka with all those spices wasn't... Anyway, subtle tribute to its namesake, made with real kosher salt and sugar to honor the rich tradition of salted potato shapes. I, you you made vodka with potatoes and salt because the French fries are potatoes and salt. There's nothing fancy about crinkle fries. There's nothing signature. I'm just going to say it. I feel like the crinkle cut fry is a, we've got a basic gas vodka and a curly fry vodka. Who's going to get the crinkle vodka? Who? That's just vodka. If you're going to Arby's to buy the regular crinkle cut fry vodka, Why? Go to a store and get a regular vodka. Anyway, (laughs) they've also partnered with a celebrity chef and Arby's aficionado, Justin Sutherland. I've never heard of this guy. I don't know how celebrity chef he is to create two signature Bloody Mary recipes using the Arby's vodkas. The recipes also feature others Arby's other Arby menu items such as. The recipes also feature other Arby's menu items such as horsey sauce and Arby sauce and include toppers like mozzarella sticks. Stop it. You already are making curly fry vodka. Fuck off the crinkle stuff. You're making curly fry vodka. You don't need to make mixed drinks to show how to use curly fry vodka. People are getting it as a gag. Nobody's actually going to drink it. And if they do, they bought two bottles, one to drink and one to stick on their shelf to say, look, I've got Arby's vodka. (laughs) And for those of you playing at home who don't know, vodka is made from potatoes. Theoretically, if I had the motivation and the time and the proper tools, I could go out and harvest my potatoes from my garden and make vodka also highly illegal to do that myself, but just saying you make vodka from potatoes. I think it'd be funnier if they were still using actual cooked curly fries, but that's just me. Uh, once again, both vodkas will be available in limited supply on November 18th and November 22nd only. Or you can try and order yourself a bottle online for Fifty-nine ninety-nine, which I don't know vodka prices. That could be good or bad, including shipping and handling at Arby'sVodka.com. Link in the show notes if you want to try. If you know you're on time, vodka is only being sold for residents age 21 and older in California, Connecticut, Washington D.C., Florida, Idaho, Louisiana, Minnesota, Nebraska, Nevada, Oregon, and West Virginia and Wyoming. For a limited time, that's probably all going to be sold out within hours of opening in every location that's got it. I'm curious why those particular states, maybe they just have the loosest laws as far as how a restaurant is able to sell hard alcohol. I know here in Arizona, a restaurant like Arby's would have to go through so much damn red tape to be able to sell said vodka. It's not worth it. So... I'm thinking about it out loud. That's probably the reason why it's not being sold everywhere. But try online, see if you can get it. They're probably gonna do. Th- they're probably gonna end up doing this again if they get a good enough result, just as a novelty thing. Every so, there's gonna be the McRib of Arby's, where they're just gonna bring it back every so often, just to say they could. I don't know. Or they're just gonna do this and say, "Hey, we sold all of that vodka from fucking curly fries." Isn't that weird? <laughs> I cannot think of a better story to end on. (laughs) How am I going to top Curly Fry Vodka? So I'm going to get out of here. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please, if you enjoy the show, share it with your friends or whoever. Post it up on your social media. Tag me. I am at out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm on TikTok, but I don't do much there, so I don't know why I keep telling you that. You can always go to OddDadOutPodcast.com to get the links to this show, all the weird shit I talked about, and maybe a picture of my green beans if I ever post it. Again, OddDadOutPodcast.com and if you want to hear your voice or share something or just call me or whatever the fuck, you can call the Odd Dead Out voicemail at 516-636-7631 That's 516-Otopod1 I don't want to throw all million in one different things for you to do so go to odd dad, the voicemails there the emails there all the social medias ways to share with people ways to subscribe to the show ways to support it's all there odd dad, or if you need a voiceover for your podcast intro or an audiobook or whatever the fuck you feel like audio drama i'm doing some of that too rise of king of silas season five is out now i'm in it go listen if you need me for that, or an edit a podcast, do any of that other sort of shit, or just want to talk about podcasting and maybe want to start one, I'm still talking. Why am I still talking? Go to oddballpodcasting.com. Yes, I changed the name. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. I don't know what that was for. Until next week, Oddballs, thank you, and good night.